Custom car care, three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on most work. Also, financing available, and you don't have to have the best credit in the world in this in this day and age of Bidenomics and just how financially difficult and punishing the Democrat policies, economic policies, have been with inflation and just everything else. It, it has taken what once upon a time would have been a tough financial situation for some people and made it absolutely impossible to wear. If you need your vehicle fixed, you've got some three, four, five hundred dollar uh, work that needs to be done on it, and it's not drivable without that work, but you don't have the money, and the only way to get the money is to go to work, but you can't get to work because your car's not fixed. They understand that that is something that um, is a reality for some people, is that the reality for you and is the financing right for you that's a decision for you to make but it is something that they have made available so you can question uh them about the details if it is something that may be applicable to you and again you don't have to have the best credit in the world a1 custom car care for all of your car care needs weather and moments first the latest news update From the Color 10 Studios, I'm Jesse Inman. Here's a look at Friday's headlines. Nearly 40 pounds of meth is off the streets after a traffic stop on I-44. Court documents gathered by Color 10 show the investigation began last week when a woman was found dead in her home on South Estate Avenue. 400 grams of fentanyl, nearly $70,000 was found as well. Days later, police tracked down 46-year-old Corey Williams, who police believe was living there. The next day, officers pulled Williams over and took him into custody. The MSU Board of Governors has two new members who will be tasked with forming a committee that will find a replacement for retiring President Cliff Smart. Travis Freeman of Chesterfield and Dr. Melissa Gorley of Mountain Grove are the two new members appointed by Governor Parson. For Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. First alert forecast, it is going to be cloudy morning, maybe some rain popping up again. Uh, Eventually sunshine today, high of 86, clear 58 for a low tonight, sunny 83 tomorrow, and Sunday sunny with a high of 84. It's Tom Arts, everyone. Good morning. Uh, Hey, did you know in 1664? I don't know. Yes, we'll see. That as part of the Anglo-Dutch Wars, the Duke of York, later to be named James... Why they changed the name, I have no idea. You look more like a James. He took the city of New Amsterdam, which was whose name was changed later to... I know this. The Duke of York. New York? New York. There we go. What do you know? That's right. You know, we have a Nathaniel Green... Thank you for walking me there. ...park here in town, right? Yes. On this day in 1871, American troops commanded by General Nathaniel Greene defeated British forces under Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Stort in the Battle of, I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong, looks like Utah. Okay. But it's E-U-T-A-W. Utah. Utah Springs during the American Revolution. E-2. 
British actor Peter Sellers. Oh. He of Pink Panther fame yes. was born on this day. 1930. I would have never guessed this until I read it. The American company 3M began marketing a transparent adhesive tape that later became known as Scotch tape. Were you aware of that? No. Okay. 1945. At the end of the World War II, the first U.S. troops entered the Korean Peninsula south of the 38th parallel to receive the Japanese surrender. North of the parallel, Japanese troops surrendered to Soviet forces. 1960. The psychological thriller Psycho. Directed by Alfred Hitchcock and based on real-life serial killer Ed Gein was released in American theaters. It became a classic, especially known for the scene in which Janet Leigh's character is murdered in the shower. Wasn't Chainsaw Massacre also partially... I know Ed Gein was from Wisconsin. It's loosely based on a true story. But they took extreme liberties well, sure. to it. If you can get Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre both out of Ed Gein, then, yeah, there's some liberties taken. Obviously, there's got to be. But I think that I think that's Chainsaw Massacre was also I was from, I was three years old. And I'm sure his happened. counselor told him he'd never amount to anything. Yeah, see? And he's got a movie after him. Ah, a couple at least. Yeah. The sci-fi series Star Trek aired on American television today's date in 1966. In 1974, Richard Nixon, who had resigned the U.S. presidency on August the 8th of 1974, was pardoned by his successor, Gerald Ford. And everyone tries to make the case that that was the downfall of Ford's re-election campaign, but... I beg to differ. I think it was Ford's presidency that was the reason why Ford wasn't reelected. Mark McGuire of the St. Louis Cardinals broke Roger Maris' 1961 record for the most home runs in a regular professional baseball season by hitting his 62nd of the season. He finished the season with 70. I wonder if there has been anything... That has drawn in as many non-baseball fans as the Mark McGuire Sammy Sosa battle. Into you know what I mean? It just seemed like people who didn't even watch baseball were aware of that and were kind of checking it out because oh you know what watching games. I wonder if there's ever been anything since then that has been such a draw for an audience that, you know, weren't baseball fans. Well, one of the funniest things about that whole affair was later after all that transpired was Sammy Sosa was called in front of Congress. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy who actually could speak English, but when he was called in front of Congress, he had an interpreter there because no habla inglés. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why was he, what was he called before Congress for? Because Congress wanted to get involved in the steroids issue. Oh, got it. Okay. You know, so they, they need to they need to have their stamp of authority on it, make it look like they're actually doing something. On this day in 1429, French heroine Joan of Arc, a peasant girl who believed she was acting under divine guidance, attempted to oust the Duke of Burgundy take Paris for newly crowned King Charles VII. Troublemaker. Yeah, quote of the day. Beware the fury 
I thought it said furry at first. <laughs> Beware the fury of a patient man. Interesting. Seemingly contradictory, but... Um, you know, it's always the it's always the people who sit back and analyze and psychoanalyze and they're, quietly. They're planning. That, yeah, that you really need to be very careful. He, he was always quiet, kept to himself. Yeah, That's we've right. heard that quite often. More with Tom Mards coming up. Scramblers continuing the Friday Road Show. Sponsored by Affordable Towing. A traffic update now. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. We got Tom Arts with us this morning. Hey, you had a conversation yesterday with Senator Bill Eichel. This is correct. Who is, I think tonight he's going to make the, the announcement that he's not going to run for the Attorney General slot. Yeah. And I, I found I found a couple things interesting. And this is nothing against Bill Eichel. Uh-huh. A, the Lock and Smith Foundation is not my group. I really despise when people say, well, Tom Martz's group. No, I don't think the I don't think the legislative committee members, those people who are out there at uh, what's that pizza place that we're at? Godfather's oh, Pizza yeah, yeah. in Battlefield every Wednesday night reviewing legislation and scoring legislation get the credit that they deserve on what it is that they do. And one of the things that we do is review legislation based on what we call strict scrutiny it's a court thing that people don't realize that when you go to court there's this thing called levels of scrutiny so i thought i would take a minute to educate people on how the courts create their own basis by which they believe the government either is or is not violating your rights based on law all right it's also why I always tell people stop calling them constitutional rights because it makes it appear as if That's why. you have them simply because they're written in the Constitution. <clears throat> there is a thing called rational basis review. The Supreme Court came up with rational basis review in Nebia versus New York in 1934. The New York government had decided to regulate the prices of dairy setting a minimum retail price nebbia store owner violated the law and challenged that his conviction was unfair the due process clause i mean if if government doesn't regulate prices i mean come on now that's clearly their authority yeah and it's proven to be so successful the due process clause in the constitution nebbia said protected him against unfair and unreasonable regulatory power In denying Nebbia of his claim, the Supreme Court said the government has the right, the government has the right, to create general restrictions on private conduct for the purpose of regulating the economy, so long as the government action is not arbitrary, discriminatory, or demonstrably irrelevant to the action regulated. This is what brought Wick, I think it was uh, Wickert versus Philborn, the uh, farmer in Ohio who was growing more hay, but he wasn't releasing it out to the market. He was feeding it to his cattle in order for him to create more milk. And the Supreme Court basically ruled that that was a violation of the Commerce Clause. 
because he was unfairly being able to grow more. No, he wasn't unfairly. He decided to right. take advantage of what it was that he wanted to do. Now, this case did not deserve any higher level of scrutiny because it did not involve a particularly sensitive issue, to which I asked to who? Right. The government or Nebbia. Now, they proclaim that particularly sensitive issues are like free speech, discrimination against someone in a protected class. It was, in the court's opinion, just regular government regulation, and it only had to be reasonable. We heard that right here in Springfield when somebody made the case on city council that you don't have the authority to rent out your house because we haven't granted it to you. I mean, essentially, and said as much that that people in Springfield that were allowing people to stay in their homes for a fee were violating the law because they had not been given permission from the government from the council to do so. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you didn't give I didn't give you permission to be an idiot. This this is the strange concept that we've gotten into year I, after yeah, year after it's year because people will make the case that well, I'm a law and order person. Well, I'm a law and order person too as long as that law is not in violation right. of the constitution. And when you make the case that you as a governmental entity can set the prices by which it is that I sell a product, which I right. purchased, yeah. oh, I know. and then I'm reselling to the general public, you have exceeded your authority as a governmental entity. That's how we ended up with the gas prices where mm-hmm. they're at. Nixon tried to, uh, mm-hmm. back in his time frame, he created price controls on meat. Of course, the only way at that point in time that the butchers got around it is they created different cuts of meat Mm -hmm. that weren't under the requirements of the the meat thing. Now, strict scrutiny is the opposite end of the spread. The Supreme Court, here we go again, the Supreme Court, you know, we the people control government. The Supreme Court has declared governmental regulations should be scrutinized very strictly when it infringes on a protected liberty. Well, didn't the last court case infringe upon a protected liberty, the right for transactions? Well, and who's doing the scrutinizing? (laughs) The government itself? Correct. This is the thought process that we get into. Well, just sue the government. Oh, okay, you're going to take the entity that's actually a governmental entity. So, uh, Yeah, the the, the defendant's also the judge. So when it... the uh, These protected liberties are things like marriage... Or a protection action like political speech, or when it unfairly discriminates against a protected class like race or national origin. In Skinner versus Oklahoma in 1942 was an early case in which the courts decided the harshest review, strict scrutiny, was appropriate. Oklahoma passed a law allowing the state to sterilize a person who was convicted three or more times of a felony of moral turpitude. Sounds reasonable, right? I mean, that's what the court's for. The court said the act intending to deprive an individual of one of its most basic liberties, a right which is basic to the perpetuation of a race, deserved strict scrutiny. The court had not yet adopted the formal characterization of the standard that courts use today, reviewing to ensure the law is narrowly tailored to achieve a compelling government's 
interest. Not an interest to the people, but an interest to the government. A well-known case in which the Supreme Court applied strict scrutiny and made the rare ruling in favor of the government, rare ruling, get that, is Korematsu versus United States, 1944. During a state of war with Japan, the U.S. government had issued, no, 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 the U.S. government did not issue an executive order. The president issued an executive order that all Japanese must be excluded from certain sensitive areas. One of them was San Leandro, California, where Korematsu lived. He was of Japanese descent. Korematsu was convicted for refusing to leave. He challenged the law as a violation of his constitutional liberty rights. The court admitted that classifications based on race had to satisfy the most rigid scrutiny, but said the circumstances of direst emergency and peril justified the action. Korematsu is known today as an ugly mark of our nation's past, but it has never been explicitly overruled. See this article in Politico connecting the case to the over Trump's travel ban and one of the Washington Post, da-da-da-da-da. So you can be born and raised here. You can be a Japanese descent, and the court determines, oh, by the way, those rights that you think you have that are in the Constitution, they really don't exist unless we say they do. So when we give you a remove-your-butt-from-that-area order, that's what we mean, and we'll send the thin blue line there to enforce what it is that we desire. The last one is intermediate scrutiny. Government classifications based on gender deserve a moderate level of scrutiny. It's quasi-suspect classifications. Ironically enough, the standard was created in a case brought by a male against an Oklahoma law allowing females to purchase alcohol at a younger age, 18, than it allowed males. In Craig v. Boren, the Supreme Court said the law did not withstand immediate scrutiny. I'm well aware of the Oklahoma Constitution, and there's this application that makes uh, equal treatment under the law. Now, I understand why it is that they passed the law that women could purchase alcohol at 18, because they mature faster than men. Clearly. And in reality, men probably shouldn't be allowed to purchase alcohol until they're like 27 or 28. And I'm sure that you could write a list of men who felt that they may have benefited from the girl having alcohol. Correct. (laughs) But one of the things that she's easier to get along with. One of the things that the legislative committee does is we take all the laws that they're wanting to pass. We read the state constitution. And one of the things that always brings us, does government have the principled authority to regulate the rights of the people? And what we've noticed in people's voting records, like a couple, uh, one of the gentlemen from across the, uh, the the restaurant over there was making the case that a few years ago when Eric Burleson and Mike Moon were the right. basically the Granite Plaque Award winners, Mike was in the House. He was at 80%. In Eric, line with Constitution. In line with the Constitution. And he voted on like 300 and some mm-hmm. odd votes. Eric Burleson was the one in the Senate. Now, his votes were only like 100 and something, but he only scored like 31%. And one of the things that I like to point out, yeah, you have a granite plaque, but... Is that that like (laughs) grading on a curve, I think? Is that what... 
when well, you were in school. You're, you're in the that... highest. You're the highest score of the worst of the worst. And I hate to tell Darren, he's been voting like uh, my state rep, mm-hmm. Crystal Quaid, quite a bit this year. Well, you should tell him. So one of those things that you have to ask yourself is: Is Darren voting constitutional, and or is Crystal voting constitutional, and Darren's following her? Ooh. They don't always. That's why I always blowing like, our minds. I always like to try to say, don't make the case that the reason the Democrats are voting that way is simply because it's it's they're against something the Republicans sure, are doing. Sure. You can't prove to me that even Peter Meredith, a guy who normally is kind of mid-range, mm-hmm. he has been blowing me away on some of the scores. Like, why did he vote against that? Mm-hmm. So there's this. Right. Unless you can figure out why it is that they're voting, if they're voting in the correct manner and that piece of, and that law violates the Constitution, you have to make it. That they voted constitutionally right. no matter right. what. Sure, yeah. And I know you need to take a break. Yeah, we got Tom Arts with us, Scramblers Live, our Friday Road Show. More coming up. I'm Nick Reed. Instead of cleaning house when it happens, they just shrug their shoulders and reelect them again. This is Springfield's Talk 1041. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Streaming live, ksgf.com. Don't forget, you can get registered. Tom mentioning earlier, Godfather's Pizza. Uh, we're going to start doing pizza party giveaways at any of the area Godfather's stores, Nick's Ozark, Battlefield, Springfield. Uh, if you want to get registered for that, go to ksgf.com. And um, when you get contacted, if you do, if you're a winner, then you and 11, 12 of your friends, family, whomever you want to bring along with you. We'll have a pizza party at Godfather's, so get signed up for that at ksgf.com. Traffic update now. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. How about that first alert forecast sponsored by Sinclair of the Ozarks Home Improvements from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Mostly cloudy morning. Clouds will burn away, leaving us with sunshine this afternoon, high of 86. Clear overnight, down to 58 for a low. Sunny weekend tomorrow, 83. Sunshine again Sunday with a high of 84. Tom Martz joins us this morning. Yeah, so when you when you look at people's voting records, yes. I mean, they would be astounded to find that when Mike Keogh and Igel were before before Mike Moon moved to the Senate, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the the, the barrier okay. right there. He sort of like moved the yeah uh, he he the moved goal the post. <laughs> he moved the goalpost a complete different direction. So there are others now who are trying to become more like Mike. Okay, well that's leadership. That that, that is leadership. But there's not a whole lot of different now on certain aspects there are, but there's not a whole lot of difference in. Voting record. And this is only voting record. I'm not talking about introduced pieces of legislation. Got. I mean, to be honest with you, I wish Igel would really get the reduction of property taxes and all that stuff through. But he's a he's a stirrer of the pot. Okay. So those things that he would like to get done that would actually be beneficial to all of Missourians, he's not playing the game as leadership would require it. So he's hamstrung. Well, and so let me ask this, because... I, he's the, the best the, of the three, that right. I, or there's four. 
what well, I'm aware of. I, and I, want, I, want, I want to talk about this for a second because I, I think that this is for a lot of people the struggle or the conflict that exists. The, but between the, the, that world, you've, you've got the strict ideological world of never getting anything done. But then you have the compromising your principles to get a little bit done, which some people say that's the problem because then you keep shifting. You erode away. And so I will say, and this is in no way, shape, or form an endorsement of any kind. But So I think to myself, like, okay, well, what can somebody in his position do? If you, if, if you are in the Senate run by Republicans that are big government, tax-and-spend Republicans, and he's a guy that, that is proposing and let's say genuinely supports the elimination of property taxes, corporate income taxes, and personal income taxes, which is a part of his his platform. And but I, you know, and so and you know properly well he's not going to be able to get these things done because he doesn't do what leadership requires. But I don't think that they would. I don't think there's anything he could do right within the you know in terms of deal making to ever get anything like that done with the people that are currently there. So I think well, what can he do? Now, what I did like. Is he names names? Mm-hmm. When he was on the show yesterday, he named. He said people like Mike Keogh, people like Lincoln Huff. These are the problems in the state. These are the problems, and so to me, that's encouraging because so often the frustration I have with these, you know, quote conservative Republicans is they almost allow this barrier to be created as well. There's nothing we can do because of establishment Republicans, if you want to call them that. And they just stop there. They, they throw up their arms. But there is something you can do. You can fight against those. And it just seems like it, you, you have more that want to get along because they don't want to alienate themselves to the point that they can't get anything done whatsoever. And so they'll play nice and they won't, you know, they'll call out without using names. Republicans that are tax and spenders, but that doesn't identify them, so people don't know. And so I like it when I hear that, and I liked it when I heard uh, uh, Bill Eigel do it to specifically say these Republicans are the problems. See, Eigel's had the uh, the SB 100 bill this year. Basically, that would take us back to what is considered constitutional money. You have gold and silver. Uh, the problem was is it passed the Senate just fine. Well, then it gets to the House, and all of a sudden one of the better-known conservative Republicans decides to, oh, no, we need to put digital currency in here. We need to start regulating the mining of things like Bitcoin. That has nothing to do with the original purpose right, of the bill. Right, right. And my fear is and, and I know we would get knocked as a group for doing this, but let's say they did pass a bill that eliminated property tax just for those people 65 and over. Well, we would deem that a violation of the Constitution right, because, because it's, it's not yeah. equal application right. of the law. Now, we would get lambasted for, well, how dare you? Well, let, let's take 10% first and then go, no. Keep, if you're going to, everyone keeps saying, well, we have to do it in increments. Well, then do it in increments across the board. Right. Don't take this right. niche 75 and yes. over. Yeah, don't. If You can incrementally do something constitutionally. Correct. You don't have to incrementally do something unconstitutionally. So, yeah, to your point, instead of 
violating the Constitution by saying, okay, well, this is a law regarding taxes that's only going to um, apply to this segment of the population. Say we're going to cut them for everybody to an incremental degree, right? Yeah, as as an option. Now, I'm a fan of when he stands up and and filibusters. I'm a fan of anybody who's filibustering because there's much more bad going on in Jefferson City than there is good. So if they can create the essence by which, even if it means that 10% of the good doesn't get passed because they're fighting against 90% of the bad, I'm good with them filibustering and creating gridlock. I'd like to see them go up there, pass a budget, remove $10 billion out of it, go home. Don't pass another single law. Just go home. You know, back to the... um the, the different laws, tax laws, or otherwise, that will pick segments of the population. There are some lawmakers, I find, that will contradict themselves because they will be opposed to tax credits for certain corporations saying we shouldn't pick winners or losers. But then they will support, oh, an income tax break for this group over here, or no increase in property taxes for 65 or plus and hey don't get me wrong that's great for them but it should be for everyone constitutionally speaking and frankly morally speaking as well and so when that that it's an easy default that's uh to that position for some to take when they're against specific tax credits to say that it's for the purposes ideologically of not picking winners and losers but they pick winners and losers in other instances yeah because you could honestly make the case that farm ag is one of the largest industries in missouri do you know how much it costs for property tax on a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar combine i don't either I, by yeah, the way i don't know but if you really wanted to do something to benefit the ag industry, eliminate property right. taxes across right. oh, the yeah. board. For everyone, yeah. Get it off of my pickup. Mm-hmm. Get it off of my HHR. Get it off of the combine. Get it off of the John Deere. Get it off of the ATV and do it across the board. It'd be the huge benefit. But government, they need that money. Yes, Don't they Don't you do. know all the horrible things that will happen to you if government doesn't have that but money? But my roads. Tom, yeah, yeah, my, <laughs> Tom Arts here at Scramblers this morning. Friday Roadshow. More ahead. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. All our building company, all of your brand new home building needs. People that you may be in this category. uh, Looking to move, upgrade, downgrade, upsize, downsize, whatever the reason may be, but you're at that point in life. You don't want to do any remodeling, and and frankly, you you you, know, you want to get the home your style, your feel. These are decisions that you really have to make if you care about these things, but you don't want to be traipsing all over the place to pick out the countertopping and pick out this, and you got to get online and find all the different locations. You know, well, what about door fixtures and faucets and so forth? Aller Building Company, they, it's all in one location, showroom floor. And so it is just as easy as can be. That is Aller Building Company, O-L-L-E-R. And we are at Scramblers. Tom Arts here. Hey, a couple weeks ago, you and Don were discussing the application of the Central Committee's right. making Don it Carriker so on, that they would uh, he's on the Christian County candidates. Central of which committee. Christian County at one point tried to do this earlier. I remember. They, they tried to keep Ray Weeder yeah. off of the ballot, yeah. and for some reason, the treasurer of the Christian County Republican Central Committee accepted his check. Yeah. 
but the basis for that in reality is that political parties are a private organization. Now, if you want to take take the Kehoe, uh, Jay Nixon, maybe Bill Eigel, depending on his announcement. How how would we determine who the primary Man winner Ashcroft. is? Did you say Jay Nixon? Oh, I did. I yeah. did say Jay Nixon. It's Jay Ashcroft. Sorry, Jay. Yep. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> say, Jay a- Nixon a- signed on to that no parties thing. A- a- say, take Ashcroft, Kehoe, uh, let's say at Eigel, and I forget that gentleman's name that mm. was here a couple weeks ago. Chris Wright. From Joplin. Yeah. Or, or the Joplin area. So how would they become the party's nominee? If there was not a primary, well, number one, the I, it is my firm belief that the people who are active within the political party are the ones who should be determining who it is that the party puts on the ballot. If I am not a Republican, I should not be able to go down, pull a ballot, and manipulate the party by sitting outside the party, and that's what eighty percent of the population does. Yeah. Well, I'll call myself a Republican. But I want that person to be. Well, you have nothing to do with the party. You don't yeah, participate and, in any of the events or any of the things that the party right. does as a, a as a privately uh, political organization. Mm-hmm. So how would they end up on the ballot for the general election? They would have to go to each county's central committee and make their case. And then it would actually be the people who are within the party to determine who the ballot is. Now, of course, you're going to say, but the central committees are, are they're controlled by the establishment. How do you eliminate that? You get on the central committee. You flip right. the and you vote for those people. Right. And, so, and this is what's also, there's a lot of it that I, I, some of it is lack of understanding of the process, but you'll have people who demand that the entire process should be based on their participation, right? Right. Democracy. Right. And so, but even the, if you look at it, what's going to be the most effective and efficient way of doing that, I, I think that if you look at it, it would be, all right, participating in voting for the people that get on the central committee. But for whatever reason, that's of no interest to those people. The, the people who say, no, we need primaries and we need to vote in the primaries because we should be the ones that are participating in this. Well, then participate in the central committee vote. Well, I don't really know much about that. I know you don't know much about that because you're not participating in that. You know, I mean, it does take an effort. And to me, if your goal and and a lot of the Republican voters get frustrated because these people get in there and then they don't vote like Republicans. Well, that's because they're not being vetted. And you would think that you would want if you really if you're a Republican. And you really want to have Republican options in front of you, you're going to want the party that you subscribe to to tell you, okay, yeah, this one's a good one, okay? Uh, Everyone that you see here, they have been approved. They have our seal of approval. Now, the potential obstacle there is if you have central committee members that are, quote, rhinos or what. But again, okay, well, that's up to you. This is where you come in. Yes. This is where you vote for those central committee members. That's, no, that's, that's my, how that's my you control the political party. I mean, it's no different than, let's say, we put Microsoft, board of directors, whatever state they're headquartered in, let's put them on the ballot. 
so we can determine who it is that right, runs right, Microsoft. Right, right. Well, but Tom, that's different. That's a private company, and yeah, we're now, talking now left wingers. They would like that idea. My, Microsoft, <laughs> in in itself, just like any other company, pays lobbyists lots of money to go get government money. So if you want to control a political party. You go in into the political party and you because direct just, yeah, it in just like the any manner that you'd like to see it directed in. Yeah, just like any, just like Kiwanis, just like I, you just go down name name the different organizations, um, and you observe it from the outside. And and if you want to participate, okay, fine. And then if you don't like the direction it's going, then you get into a leadership position. I mean, it's just, yeah, you know. it's kind of like an HOA. I I hear people complain about HOAs all the time. Well, they, they make me do this, this, and this, and this, and, and I have no say. Well, why don't you? It, it's common knowledge the people who run for HOA, HOA positions pretty much are tyrannical freaks. That's why they're running for that position, so they can direct it your life. to them. If you're, if you're not a tyrannical freak, then run you're, for yeah. the position and control the board. You're, you're probably going to get one or two extremes. And to, uh, by the way... I don't, in and of itself, think extremism is bad. It just depends on which direction <laughs> you're extreme. But either you get those that, like you said, tyrannical, and in their minds they want the Ez- Edward Scissorhands neighborhood where everything, and they're going to dictate to you that. Or are you going to get somebody in there that just hates that, and so they're going to run to block all of that stuff. But it's usually 100 to 1 yes, in favor of the tyranny that you see on, on uh, committees like that. we got Tom Arts with us. Another uh, traffic update more coming up here in just moments. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Springfield's Talk 1041. Hello, welcome to the show, everyone. We've got Tom Arts here. Very derelict in my duty because I was going. I started way back when something I called Constitution Section of the Day. Oh yeah, that's right. I have been very lackluster in it. So oh, I am no. in Article Nine of the State Constitution. It's titled Education. Section 1A is titled Free Public Schools Age Limit. This basically tells you what it is that education is for. Okay. It says a general diffusion of knowledge and intelligence being essential to the preservation of the rights and the liberties of the people. The General Assembly shall establish and maintain free public schools for the gratuitous instruction of all persons in the state within ages not in excess of 21 years as prescribed by law. So if the schools and the state legislative body are completely inept at directing the schools to make it so people are knowledgeable in the preservation of rights and liberties, what's Mm. happening? Yeah, the, the only components to that that seem to even be relevant to the state is the age limit and then the we providing put that in free. the constitution and, and back then, in 1976 and, so i think that's the section and, and, and the, so the age limit okay there seems to be recognition of that and the providing the education component but the whole reason for it that seems to be totally irrelevant yeah, it seems to be totally irrelevant, irrelevant with Desi. It seems to be irrelevant with teachers. It seems to be irrelevant with legislators. Well, sure. It it, it would be... How do you a, know what a right and a liberty is if unless you're actually instructed in what they are? It, it would... 
it would be like having some sort of rule, constitution, whatever, that states, all right, we are going to provide free education for the purpose of the culinary arts and making sure that every person is well-equipped to know how it is to, um, you know, to cultivate, to provide, to, you know, everything when it comes to nourishment and food. And then maybe teaching them how to microwave tater tots, and 99% of the rest of the time it was about everything else. Well, my, my youngest son's girlfriend is in, I think she wants to be in x-ray tech, and if I'm wrong, so be it. But one of her classes that she's required to take to learn how to read x-rays is political science. What the heck does that have to do with being able to tell whether an MRI or an well, X-ray or whatever our, is read correctly? I, I, I'm telling you, I don't know that financially there is any legal scam that is as prevalent as the university system. I mean, just every component to it, but largely the requiring you to spend money on classes that have absolutely nothing to do with what it is that you're there to learn about. I, it's just a total, no, no private company could get away with it. Well, I, I apologize beforehand when I say this, yeah, but yeah. if you have a framed piece of paper on your wall that cost you $40,000 and you're an idiot, that was on you. It was, it was kind of <laughs> self-fulfilling, I guess, to some degree. Well, you look at people like Ocasio-Cortez as an She's got an economics degree, for Pete's sakes. Yeah, I know. Well, but here's what they do. and But, you know, it was just announced Lori Lightfoot started her uh, tenure at Harvard to teach leadership skills. And, I mean, it, it's just it's impossibly I, I, frustrating. I look at some of these seconds. lawyers and the way they define what a right oh, is, yeah. and it makes me scratch my head. Yeah, we see where, where they are trained. Tom Arch, thank you, sir. News in 60 Seconds. I'm Nick Reed.